I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today on episode 105, I'm going to talk to Shohei and Minori Miyoshi. They lead a church in Osaka, Japan. And in this episode, they talk about how Shohei found God while recovering from a skin disease in a hospital. A disciple reached out to him, and he became a Christian. How he became a Christian and then grew up in a church that didn't see a baptism for over 10 years. How he moved to Tokyo to learn how to lead a ministry and then returned to the very same church in Osaka and led that church to its first baptism in 12 years. Since that time, they've helped the church grow by 50% and the church is flourishing. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, to make this life count, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I'm recording today's podcast in Flagstaff, Arizona. Pam and I are here to help Brian and Abby Mackey get this church planting off the ground in the summer of 2021. It's been going great so far, and God has been opening doors and creating a spiritual family in this beautiful part of the world. There are a few things I want to let you know about before I introduce today's guest. Number one, if you are interested in the Flagstaff Mission Team, it's not too late to join. Simply go to my website, robskinner.com, and email me. Secondly, please join us in Dallas, Texas in December of 2021 for the CLIMB Small Church Leadership Conference. You need to be there to get inspired, encouraged, and equipped as growing disciples and leaders gather from all over the world. Go to robskinner.com and hit the Climb Conference tab for more information. And finally, Pam and I are looking for campus leadership. We have a dream of building a campus ministry of 100-plus sold-out disciples on the University of Arizona campus. If you're looking for an opportunity to grow, lead, and get training, contact me by going to robskinner.com. I want to thank so many who've responded after my 100th episode to email me with ideas for the future, and I'll be sending those books out in August. And again, until the end of July, if you've listened to that 100th episode, please go ahead and listen to it, and um, I'm going to send out free books to anyone who listens to that episode, so please do that. But one of the responses I got was from a brother in Okinawa, Japan. His name is Paul Jacobs, and Paul was a young young boy, actually, when Pam and I lived in Japan back in the 90s, and amazingly enough, he, he went back to the States, he graduated, went to school in Colorado, studied Japanese, and then went back to Japan as an adult. He married a Japanese national named Amy, and he now is leading the church in Okinawa, Japan, and in his email, I'm going to read what he wrote me about my, my guests today. And he said, I'd like you to please talk to Shohei and Minori Miyoshi. Uh, 
Shohei leads the church full-time in Osaka currently. Paul said, I think his story is so inspiring and can give many people hope in this time of uncertainty. If you don't already know his story, here are some highlights. While he was being treated for a skin disease, he was reached out to by a sister who was in the same hospital. After he was released from the hospital, he was connected to the church in Osaka and was baptized a few years before 2003, I think. After the church crisis in 2003, he stayed faithful in a shrinking church. Ten years or so passed with no baptisms, and God lit a fire in his heart. He reached out to Takeshi, who leads the church in Tokyo and the churches in Japan, and asked if he could move to Tokyo to be trained so that he could help his home church in Osaka. So he went out to Tokyo around 2011 or 12, the same time that I moved back to Tokyo from Denver. We became best friends. After several years, he moved back to Osaka to lead and has seen new life breathed into the church with a renewed campus and singles ministry and is overseeing all the non-Tokyo churches in Japan, giving us much-needed spiritual and relational encouragement. So, Paul, thank you so much for emailing me. It's great to reconnect, and I'm super excited about your work in Okinawa. I'm praying for you, and thank you for the great word and recommendation to interview Shohei and Minori. Shohei and Minori, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to, great to see you guys again. Of course, we know each other from the past, but it truly is inspiring. It's inspiring to know that you, you're inspiring other church leaders in different parts of the country. Thank you. Thank you. We, we also have been inspired by many people throughout the world, including yeah. you, definitely. You know. yeah. That's great. Thank you. Well, listen, I want to just start by asking a few questions. How did you guys become Christians? Yeah, um, as uh, Paul, uh, my best friend, uh, uh, shared with you that, uh, yeah, I, I grew up in the typical Japanese family and uh, without knowing God or Bible, I've never been to church before. Uh, so when I was freshman at university, you know, I was in the hospital for my skin disease and the sister who was in the same hospital in the same situation also reached out to me and uh, uh, I wasn't, I was not interested in Bible or church, but her character, her relationship really impacted me. Mm. And uh, it made me start, you know, uh, thinking like, I, I want to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's very cool. Like, I want to go to church. And once I started going to church, immediately, I think I, I, I just fell in love with the church and Christian people. Uh, their relationship, their, posit their positiveness, their joy, it really impacted me mm. and changed my life. Mm. So since then, I think I started coming to church almost every week until, you know, I was baptized. Immediately, I started studying Bible. I started having faith in God, you know, studied about my sin, cross, salvation. And I was so convicted. And I, 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 I had a conviction that I want to I live following Jesus. I want to use my life for Jesus. So I decided to be baptized. Uh, it was 2001. So you came to church, Shohei, but had you ever been to church before? Uh, no, uh, never, never been to, but actually uh, my, my university was, uh, is a Christian university, one of the 
famous Christian university. So we, I, I was kind of exposed to some of Christian experience, but never been to church personally before. <laughs> so you went to Christian school, never, never gone to church before. But yeah. what, what was it? I mean, you'd never been to church before, but you thought, okay, I want to, I want to go and check it out. What was, what was the attraction? Uh, I think, um, first of all, the, the sister I met, like a sister who reached out to me, um, I was really grateful to her because mm-hmm. in the hospital, it was one of the lowest moment of my life. Wow. Uh, I was hopeless, but she became my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt accepted, respected, and, uh, mm-hmm. I felt loved. So, and so I think her, her life really inspired me and also changed the view, changed my view of Christian and church. Um, so I think that got me interceding. Wow. And yeah. what's her name? Uh, Megumi. Megumi. Okay. That's a pretty inspiring story. So that's how you became a Christian. How about you, Minori? Um, I got baptized in 2003 in New York, actually in Staten Island. Okay. Church of Christ. And that was, uh, that was, uh, when I was campus student, I was, I was reached out by my older sister who already went to the church. And then every time she came back home, she was so happy, super excited, you know, <laughs> hey, Minori, like I had this Bible talk and then I had friendship with sisters and brothers. And then I was like, wow, you know, like that, that was, that was really inspiring. And then for foreigner, you know, student, it's kind of hard to make a friend, like American friend, but she was like so excited to, to, have fun with them. So I started interested in to, to go to the church because that time I was really struggling and then thinking about, you know, is there any real love, you know, and this like, um, cause I always insecure about the friendship with someone or having a deeper friendship with somebody. So I started interested in a friendship what she, what my sister has and then I, I went to the church and then one of the sisters uh, came up to me and then she was like, with a huge smile, she was like, hey, you must be Minori, you know, so good to see you. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you know, like, I, I, I think, you know, we met first time, but she so opened up her, her life and then she was so welcoming me. And then like, I was like, wow, I want to be like her. Mm. I really want to be like her. Just um, having an interest in someone, you know, to to know about somebody like this, you know, open up myself like this. like, And then that really impacted me and then want to know about Jesus and then God's love and then church culture. And then, yeah, that was, that was my start. So then you started studying the Bible and... How did that go? Um, the sisters encouraged me to to know about more uh, Bible, but at that time, like, I couldn't speak English at all. 
my English was like really bad. So thanks to God, there were a few Japanese sisters. So they were help me out to, to study the Bible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then you got baptized after that. It took you a while or? I took one year. Okay. Yeah. Now, had you had you ever gone to church before? Your back. What was your background? Uh, yes, my my mom took my sister and myself to the to the church. Very like small small uh, little church in um, Saitama Prefecture, which is close to, to Tokyo. So I believed in Jesus and God since when I was a little, but. I never chance to get know about Bible or real love, you know, God's love. So you actually did have faith at that time. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's pretty rare. Yes, Japan. it is. Now you you both have really good English, and that's that's impressive. So you you, what were you doing in New York City, Staten Island? Um. I was living with my sister. She she went to um, college in Staten Island, and I was uh, I went to college in Manhattan. So, so you'd graduated high school and decided you wanted to go to college in the U.S. Yes, right after I graduated high school, I went to New York wow. to go to college. Yeah, pretty scary. That's a big move. <laughs> yeah, it was. Especially, it was. especially if your your language is not super strong, that's a that's a big step. Yeah. <laughs> and how long were you in the states for, Minori? Um, for ten years, I okay. was in there. For okay. Years, yeah. And how about you, Shohei? How did you learn? How did you learn English? Um, uh, my university in Japan really uh, focused on English education. Uh, and, uh, and also I studied abroad in San Diego. Uh, I went to UC San Diego for uh, almost a year yeah, in 2004. Yeah. I see. So you did an exchange year. So, and that's how you developed your English. Very, very good. Very impressive. And Thank you. it's impressive too that it's still really good after being back in Japan <laughs> for so long. You guys are doing a great yeah. job. Thank now, you. now, how did you guys get together? You guys got married about five years ago, is that right? Yes. Okay, yes. tell us about how you got to know each other and then get married. Uh, first, we uh, we met each other in New York in 2005. Uh, we were campus. Yeah, we were, we were still in campus. Uh, it was uh, after, so after finishing my study in San Diego, I traveled to New York before uh, moving back to Japan. And uh, I knew Minoli through our mutual friends. And so we, uh, so I went to New York and uh, I was invited to the Bible talk in New York church. And uh, she, she brought me to that place. So we met together, became good friends. And after going back to Japan, we, we kept in touch uh, through email and Facebook. Uh, at first it was right, it was kind of before Facebook Fred, so we we still kept in touch through email, email. yeah and uh but uh before i moved to tokyo for ministry training she came back to japan 
she she moved back to Tokyo. So she was already in Tokyo when I moved to Tokyo, and uh, and then we became in the same small group, and our friendship grew again. And I think at that time, our as our relationship grow closer and deeper, we started having interest in each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, we became best friends and we, we led small group together. And, uh, but I, I had to go back to Osaka. Uh, and uh, so, but she was, she was willing to quit her job to join the full-time ministry. I was already on the full-time ministry, but she was working at the company but she was willing to quit, join the full-time ministry, and even willing to move to Osaka for future, you know. Wow. So she already count costed, you know, counted costs. So I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful to God and for her. <laughs> so then we, you know, we started dating and two years later, we got, we got married. Wow. And uh, right after, right after our honeymoon, so we, we, we had our wedding in Tokyo, um, and then right after our wedding uh, and right after our honeymoon, she moved to Osaka, never, never going back to Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what, what did you like about Shohei Minori? <laughs> I think um, I always respect his faith. That, that's for sure. And then... When we met him, when I met him again in Tokyo, I was like, you know, he decided to, to join the full-time ministry, but I was like, what made him decide to join the full-time ministry? That was my huge question because we were just campus, you know, student and then like just friend and then, but what what really made him step up for, for God? You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I was like, wow, he's really, really um, want to serve to God through his life. Mm. You know, that, that really impacted me. And then I'm so grateful to, to be his friend, you know, the first place. But um, that, that, uh, his praise to God never changed, you know. Wow. It doesn't matter that like, he is in a bad time and good time. He always um, trying to trust God and then having a faith and loving people. Right, And right. then at the same time, he always loves sisters and then brothers equally, you know what I mean? Like, even though we became steady, he never changed the attitude. He always, always care about the sisters and then brothers and then and then treat me same. So mm. that that attitude towards the God and then disciples and then friends, that that I really respect the most. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Now so hey, you had such a serious skin illness that you spent time in the hospital. Can you talk about it? What what was it? What did you have or what do you have? And can you tell me how it's impacted your life? Um, it, it's called atop, atopic eczema, and uh, it's a huge thing in Japan, and I think Korea too. Um, so I had I had this disease since I was little, like since I was almost born, but it was it, it wasn't so serious before. 
Um, but when I, when I got to the high school, I, it's getting more like a severe. So we, I, um, yeah, so long story short. So we, we try many, like uh, my parents try many, like a medicine or many like a method, but it, it, it got worse. So at uh, first time I was hospitalized was actually in my high school when I was 15 years old. And that was the, the hardest time, like uh, almost for one month, I couldn't get out, you know, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't even see my face at Miller because it's so different. So I was depressed and it, 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 it became all over my, from, from my head to my toes. Uh, it's all, all over my body. So, but after getting hospitalized, it got better, but it's still going up and down. And uh, when I was freshman at university, it became more severe. Uh, and, uh, and then second time I was hospitalized, but it's very interesting after, so after getting out of hospital second time, I immediately started going to church and in church, I had such a great relationship. I felt secure and I started hearing people more instead of always thinking about myself, always worried about myself, always worried about how people look at me, you know, physically. Then I think my, my condition got better <laughs> and stable. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so yeah. It, your spiritual life actually helped your physical life. You know, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. And how, how are you doing now? Do you still have symptoms or is it gotten a yeah. lot better? Yeah, I, I still have. So I, I have to, I, I have to take care of myself always, you know, uh, yeah, put the medicine on and uh, keep moisture and uh, try to, you know, uh, try not to have so much junky food, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I need to work on that myself. That's, that's good. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. That was one thing that I noticed when I lived in Japan. It seemed like a much larger issue there than, than it was in the States. Eczema and that particular type of eczema uh, was very common. It surprised me. But let's, go, let's continue to go on here. The church you were a part of in Osaka and that you were baptized into had, had not had a baptism in 10 years. So tell me, what, what was that like? What was the atmosphere like? You know, you're baptized into that. You must have been one of the last baptisms for a long time. What was that like growing up? I mean, how did how did you experience that? Um, at that time, like when so when church went through the difficult time crisis, I was I was just a young young Christian. I was a campus student, so I I didn't know much about what's going on, but. I think first a few years were like a surviving, surviving mode. And uh, many people left church, including church leader at that time. Uh, but we had a leadership group of non-full-time, uh, like a Christian people. Like they just volunteer, uh, volunteer uh, creating a leadership group. So they took care of the church. Um, and I'm, I'm eternally grateful that they, they protected church and they kept connection with Tokyo and other churches in Japan to get help. Yeah. And then uh, 
but disciples who who stayed are very faithful and persevering. They they stayed because they love God, they love church, and they they wanted to do great things for God.、Uh, but after after many years of not growing and slowly、uh, declining, I think there there was sense of hard discouragement. Right and lack of confidence and lack of expectation, yeah. So this is my personal view, but but at one point I felt my faith in my church was slowly dying. Right. Yeah, I was desperate.、Yeah. So what made you decide to move to Tokyo for more training? I mean, that's a huge step to to do that. How how what triggered that move? Uh, at first, I, I I decided to join the full time ministry. And、uh, moving to Tokyo was already included、uh, to that plan and decision because、uh, I never helped anyone to become Christian before in my entire Christian life, and、uh, and also Osaka Church、uh, didn't have any full-time ministry leader at that time, so I knew that I、uh, if I want to you know、uh, help church to grow again. First, I, I needed change. I, I needed training and transformation, and、uh, so, so, so I decided to move to Tokyo to to get more training and discipling in Tokyo, and then moving moving back to Osaka to lead the church. Wow! So you had never studied the Bible with someone all the way through. Uh. No, yeah, I was I I had experience sitting in the Bible study, but I never led. Wow, now that takes so much faith to recognize. Okay, if I I just need to get some help and some training, that's that's amazing. That decision alone, just to to go and get help. Now at、yeah. the same time, Minori, you moved back to Japan after being in the states for quite a long time. You were there for what ten years?、Mm, yeah. Okay, so. What? How did that feel? Like, what was that like coming back after being overseas? You know, in America for a lot ten years of of your life. Ah,、uh, definitely that wasn't easy, and especially,、um, it was so hard to say goodbye to all my friends.、Um, but through many prayers, I I know God has some plans. Perfect plans for me in in Japan, and one of that is、uh, trying to help my sister bring back to to church, to the church because she wasn't in the church at the time. She was away from the church. So, if God can use me to help her out, maybe that is the huge purpose to going back to Japan. That that was my.、Um, Yeah, that was my hope, and it became the the conviction. Okay. But that wasn't easy. Very emotional, emotional. So she had returned to Japan, but had drifted away from the church, and so you felt like I want to try to get her reconnected with God. Yes. Okay. What a what a noble decision to do that. Now, one of the things that I find interesting and is, I I've heard that for people. Living overseas, Japanese people living overseas, it's difficult to come back because all of a sudden you have to go back to living in the the social 
pressure of being in Japanese culture. Did you experience that at all? Was that, was that something that you faced? Yes, um, very much. Especially I start working, I couldn't understand what my boss said in a meeting, you know, in the Japanese, Japanese meeting. Um, so I wrote the, the, the memo and then I went back to my desk and then Google the meaning of Japanese, you know, so, <laughs> and also culture has been like, you know, changed. So it, it was hard. So people told me that, oh, you look like exactly um, like uh, people who came back from America, you know, you are very Americanized, <laughs> you know, looking. I, I didn't think so, but yeah. <laughs> I, as a foreigner living in Japan from 93 to 2003, I mean, I remember one of the benefits of being a, a gaijin and a foreigner is that you don't understand all of the social, social norms that are going on around you. And you sometimes people give you a pass, but I know I broke so many rules. And I remember my kids, my boys, we would go to the hot springs, to the onsen, and my boys would be jumping into the <laughs> swimming and diving, doing cannonballs. And the, the middle-aged businessmen were just stare you know oh my gosh and I remember I was on a mission team with Yamamoto Takeshi and he would scold me and say hey you gotta you know you, you don't do that here you gotta do it this way <laughs> I must have been a challenging person to work with but I I know that there are those uh, societal ex expectations so good, yeah. good for you coming back now going back to the church in Osaka after 10 years of no growth or even decline, you help the church grow by 50%. I mean, it's about 30. Now it's, it's over 40, 44, 45 disciples or more. How did you do that? I mean, to, to go, you know, we talked about this before the recording started. To, to go to a new church or a new church planting, I'm, I'm recording this from a church planting in Flagstaff, Arizona. That's one thing, to go to... You know, to have, to have a new team, a new start, new fresh faith, but to go into an existing situation where the faith is is damaged, people are discouraged, people are down, they've been there for 10 years, have not seen the miracles of God at work, that's extremely difficult. How did you do it? What, what was your mindset? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And uh, um, yeah, it's... It's definitely a miracle. I, I think at first I, I, I wasn't confident, you know, I, I, I couldn't really imagine like this, you know, this happening, but it's totally God's miracle over time. But I think what, 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 what's my mindset was that at first, I think, so I came from Osaka church, right? I was saved and raised in Osaka church. So I was physically and spiritually almost the youngest. And uh, so I think at first I I needed, I, and I wanted to show people the real example of faith and inspiration. The people who stayed in church, they, they were persevering. They they still tried trying their best to, you know, yeah. stay faithful and even evangelize, mm. you know. Uh, they they didn't they they are not giving up but there was there was no confidence there was there was no 
inspiration at that time. Mm -hmm. and, and also they, they were not so uh, confident and also competent to, to make disciples. So I think uh, uh, the first thing I focused on is for me being transformed and being a converter, like uh, being able to help other people, help other Japanese people to become disciple. So my personal growth and transformation, that's the first things I, I really focused on. And that's why I, I needed to move to Tokyo to get training and get um, discipling and, and also get faith from other people who, who, who already have faith and helping, you know, making disciples. So my, my training in Tokyo definitely changed me a lot and especially made me a better converter, like a disciple maker. But even after coming back to Osaka, I still keep, I still kept, kept me being humble, teachable, and being more aggressive to get help and get advice. <laughs> yeah. And the second thing uh, I focused on is building a team that can be a model and inspiration to whole church. Um, since Osaka Church is small, uh, good thing is when one person changes, it impacted whole church. <laughs> and also one, when small group of people change, it, it also impacted the whole church. Yeah. So um, I couldn't change everything at the same time. So I, uh, I focused on building a small team of disciples, mm -hmm. especially I focus on the single because when I started leading Osaka church, I was still single. And most of the church members were older married people with children. And so I focused on building a small team of single disciples that can be a model and inspiration to whole church. And uh, I didn't focus so much on the problems at that time, but I focused on saving souls so that people could believe that God could still use them and God could still use us. So at that moment, there were only three active singles disciples, no, no 20, no campus, but we decided to go by faith and give our best. And 10 months later, uh, one campus guy was baptized. Like it was our first baptism after 12 years. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, wow. but it, it gave us it gave us so much faith and tears. Yeah. And now God has blessed us with young singles campus and even some kingdom kids getting saved. So we we grew over 40 members right now, but uh, almost 30% of them are young singles and campus and even uh, teens. And uh, so in past five years, some singles from Tokyo Church quit their job and moved to Osaka to join our team. So definitely this small group of people impacted the church. But I think, but more than anything, I think we, we never did it alone. Uh, we have got so much help, help and learning from Tokyo Church consistently, okay. including staff and disciples. Many Suijian staff and disciples visited Osaka and inspired us. Yeah. And the uh, older married disciple got involved with single or campus studies, 
you know, they invited them to home, cook for them, and be their spiritual parents. Mm -hmm. And even disciples from other churches in Japan, you know, also helped us. Yes. So I think saving one's souls, it takes like a whole community. Mm. We, we never did it alone. Like we, we got so much help. Wow. That's very inspiring, especially because Japan is, is one of the toughest mission fields in the world. I mean, having been there 10 years, I just go, whoa, that is a tough place. It's just, to me, it felt like a, a spiritual wasteland. There's no sense of spirituality around. Like in America, there's churches on the corner. You, you know, there are spiritual references. You see crosses, different places. And in Japan, I remember just feeling like, whoa. There's just nothing that reminds you of God in that country and felt very empty on a, on a spiritual level. And so how did you, how did you keep your spiritual fire burning during this time? I mean, 12 years, that's such a long time. How did you keep your faith and believing, okay, God is at work. I've just got to be patient. How did you do that? Both of you guys. Um, I think, um, for during that 12 years, like not having baptism, I think what, what kept me going was, uh, first of all, like, um, uh, first of all, it, it never changes that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saved and I'm loved only because God sacrificed for me. So it, it, it really didn't matter, like, like how many baptisms I had or uh, I, I just stayed because I'm a disciple and I love God yes. and I love church and I'm, I'm grateful to God and church. But at the same time, uh, I also had a dream that uh, when I was young disciple, uh, um, the church inspired me so much and helped me to have a godly dream that we can, we can evangelize Japan that one day, one day, so many Japanese disciples, you know, loving God, loving each other in, in other, like a local area. Yeah, that, that dream, that, that hope really, you know, um, kept me going. But I think um, after, after getting training in Tokyo, after coming back to Osaka, um, um, like I, I still struggle, like uh, many discouragement, <laughs> many failure, you know, even though like at first baptism, there's still like, we are still struggling to grow, especially in past one year and a half during this pandemic, it's, it's very challenging. And we are still not able to meet uh, together as whole church since pandemic started. Uh, so it's, it's very hurtful. Us personally, and also hard for evangelism, having baptism. But uh, I, I try to hold on to the truth and hold on to the scripture, because when things didn't go well, all the negative voices, negative mindset, fills my mind and kills my joy and kills my faith. Mm. So I hold on to the truth, hold on to the scripture, fill my mind with God's voice, like the full God is who I am in God's sight and who people are in God's sight. Mm -hmm. So hold on to the scripture and also hold on to the friendship that I have. Uh, this is actually, I, I, I learned from your lesson for the small church leader. 
uh, that isolation is one of the biggest enemy for small church leaders. Right. So I try, I, I make sure myself to be connected with my friends in Tokyo, Tokyo staff, and also in even Osaka church. And also like Paul Jacobs, like mm-hmm. other churches, you know, uh, and I, may, I make sure to be connected, to be vulnerable, get help and get advice. Wow. So I think that really helps me um, to keep my spiritual fire. Wow. How about you, Minori? Um, for me, definitely like friendship, um, especially um, in good time. Um, we feel I feel okay, but in bad time, if I didn't have a real friendship, I maybe I never um, be back to to God, you know, or stay faithful. It's really hard for me to do that. But um, yeah, having the having the friendship that I can really be real and then talk and then confess. Um, if I don't have that friendship, I just cannot, you know, stay faithful. Mm. It's not easy, you know. Right. Yeah. Wow. Definitely for me, it's the, the real friendship. Yeah. You went back, and one of the challenges that, that many small church leaders write to me about and ask questions about is, how do you motivate older disciples who've been around a long time, what do you do to help people who have have been there a long time but haven't really seen much happen? What did you do to help them to get going again? Um, yeah, that's a good question, and I'm still learning. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm mainly my, like, um, I'm leading the more like a younger, you know, generation, but um, um, yeah, I first I, I I make sure that I communicate respect, gratitude, and affirmation because they um, I I I owe my life and my soul to them because mm. you know I was saved and I was raised in Osaka Church and they were the people who who stayed you know mm. during the most difficult time yes. of the church history and uh, so I I um. I really make sure that I um, I communicate, you know, gratitude, affirmation, and um, and also I'm trying to give them vision and inspiration that I shared earlier. That um, I wanna I want them to feel and believe that God never changes, and they can be still used mm. by God. So I'm still working on it, but. Uh, um, I'm working on, uh, for example, like I, first I set my example that I'm also one of them, you know, you know, in the not growing church, but God changed me. And so I'm, I hope that from my personal, uh, example that I could give them vision and inspiration. Mm. And also, uh, in 2016, um, we did a some uh, we did one big Sunday service like that was the year that you uh, helped American Ninja did the, the huge service in Tokyo Church, you know. Uh, so Tokyo Church had like a thousand, you know, attendance 
at the special Sunday service. In, and so we, we imitated, we imitated uh, that faith and uh, we, we also did the uh, Sunday service. We invited some of the team, like a performing team from Tokyo Church to Osaka. Yeah. And uh, so at that time, uh, maybe around 35 disciples and we, we had like attendance, including disciples, we had over 150 attendance wow. at one service. In, that was uh, our first year of uh, our marriage, you know, leading the church. So I think that really uh, gave, especially all the disciples that God is still with us, that God never changes, that God still could use us. And um, yeah, so uh, that's, that's just the one example, but yeah. That's great. So you guys have been married for five years. What do you do to keep your marriage growing, keeping it fresh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Uh, but first of all, keep my marriage first priority. Uh, of course, relationship with God is the most important. But other than that, the, our marriage is the first priority in our life. But I, I have to learn this through hard ways. Uh, so this is one of my uh, biggest repentance in past few years. You know, uh, I got many discipling and uh, learning, you know. Uh, so uh, keep regular schedule for our date and uh, making trip because uh, uh, we love traveling, you know, uh, quality time and uh, and also make sure that I I help my wife spiritually and emotionally. Uh, I'm the leader of this, you know, family. Yeah. So uh, this is the most important ministry not i'm doing I'm, I'm not doing this for work but you know like this is <laughs> you know <laughs> my most important things yeah and also uh getting help from people you know many people have helped our marriage so try to be teachable ask for help and uh, uh and also uh, uh never compromise the conflict resolutions uh, during my marriage, my marriage counseling, we were taught that in marriage, you need to resolve conflict 100%, you know. Uh, so make sure that we talk vulnerably, apologize, and forgive each other, and we make sure um, to really resolve conflict. Okay, when I, when I asked this question, Minori, you, you kind of laughed a little bit. Can you tell me why, why you laughed? Um, it wasn't easy <laughs> and still not easy uh, because of, we don't have kids, you know, we're very easy to become like co-workers. So like, um, just put in old appointments for the ministries with friends, which is good. But at the same time, we just, uh, didn't realize that we, uh, we sacrificed our, um, times or, um, like we didn't have any uh, quality time together or we didn't have, um, you know, like husband and wife time, uh, like just having a dinner or like, you know, just small chat. We, we, didn't, we didn't realize that we didn't have for a long time. And then even though we um, 
did our best for the ministry, but and somehow I felt empty and then I didn't even realize that why is that? But as Shohei said, we, we learned so much, so much from the uh, marriage couples in Osaka. They helped me, um, they helped me so, so much. And then also discipling time. And then they just um, told us, you know, like what we need, you know, what we need to change. And then, so we're still working on to have a, a good marriage. Um, but as Shohei said, like trying to be real and, you know, Japanese culture, women has to respect men. So I shouldn't say this, I shouldn't say that, you know, that is my mindset, but I needed to trust my husband to open up my feelings. You know, I had a bad day, I felt this way. So trying to open up and then we did like, five minutes high and low, you know, every day. That helped me a lot to have a deeper uh, relationship with my husband. Mm. Yeah. Any plans for kids? Yeah, we've been, we've been trying, we've been praying and, uh, and uh, we, are, uh, we are going through the process of uh, IVF. Uh, so we, we're looking forward to God's plan and we, we, we trust God's plan. Amen. Yeah. We're praying for you. Thank you. It's an inspiring story. There, I'm, I know that there are people listening who are facing a challenging situation, maybe a situation that's not been growing in a while, whether it's a small ministry, Bible talk, in a larger church or in a, a church somewhere. And there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of pressure and, and desire. What, what advice would you give to, to those people that are facing a situation that maybe has been stagnant a while? What, what word of encouragement could you give to them? Um, I think, first of all, uh, relationship, like that, that you can really be vulnerable, be honest, you know, not, not isolate yourself, that really uh, the kind of relationship, friendship, that uh, uh, that is needed. So hold on to even find that someone that you can really trust, be vulnerable, and get help. And um, and also and also another thing is, I love the saying that God sees us for what we can become, not just what we are now. Wow. So. Um, I always look at myself, like who I am right now, like what I cannot do, you know, what I'm not doing, with, I, what I'm not doing well, but uh, I try not to lose the vision that what, what we can become um, and believe that God can change and use our life for his glory mm. and just keep believing and keep giving our best for God. Amen. Inori? Um, I think accepting um, the stress and frustration is very important for me. Because um, avoiding those emotions and the feelings that also made me a lot of stress and make a distance from God. But 
um, we try to respect the process, not only the result, so that um, we can we can celebrate the the process and the progress and then uh, hard work with the, with the disciples. Mm. That that bring us a lot of joys and a faith, and we remember that how God works very you know even that small steps you know even though the um, you know the person didn't become a disciple but we reached out um, we went to the the campus and reached out we share our faith that that process we respect each other mm-hmm. and I guess that that make me you know stay faithful and then yeah bring me joy Wow. Now, Shohei, I think we have a connection. Didn't, didn't, when you went to Tokyo, didn't you reach out to a guy named Ko? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So Ko became a Christian. You reached out to him uh, at Sophia University, jo- Jochi yes. University in Tokyo. Yes. Okay. Actually, uh, me, me and Paul. So I, uh, I, I brought Paul Jacobs to, uh, to go to Sophia University to evangelize together. <laughs> and then we met Ko, Ko Arai. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. I, we have a connection because Ko later came to t- Tucson, Arizona and spent a year learning English. And he was just a super encouraging brother. So thank you for reaching out to Ko because he helped our church in, in <laughs> Tucson. And it was funny because... Uh, <laughs> he lived with some brothers and one of his expressions is not, you know, an expression in English is like, Hey, let's do it. And, and, <laughs> and, and Co would say, let's do, he didn't say, let's do it. He would just say, let's do. <laughs> <laughs> and so pretty soon all the brothers in the church would start saying, let's do, <laughs> you know, and we, we were imitating Co, but he was so giving and so bright and so uh, fiery. We, we loved having him in Tucson. So thank you for your outreach. And that's, that's a very insp- inspirational story that you were the one that reached out to him. And now he's on staff in the church in Tokyo. He married Takeshi's daughter. And uh, that's pretty, pretty awesome. So that's, that's great. So thanks for the great example. Any final words for those who want to make this life count? Um, yeah, uh, I think, um, yeah, definitely, um, believe that God, God can, God can change and God can use your life for his glory that, uh, it's not, it's not come from our, our own strength or our own will, but God is the one who, who make it happen. And also just, just give, give whole life to God and for his purpose, just give, give our very best to God so that God can let, let God transform us and let God work through us. Well, thank you so much for your time talking to me. And it, it's very inspiring. I, I know how challenging it is uh, doing in the work there and you're inspiring people. And it's so encouraging because I know that's going to help all the outlying churches in Japan. And so, um, you know, we'll be praying for you and all the best to you in the future. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining the Rob Skinner podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it and how to find it. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, 
and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.